Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my psychic and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and my boy, Lollipop, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Hi, mate. You make my heart go giddy up, Nathan. <laughs> I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> that was why I said it. <laughs> I wanted to catch you out. Okay. How are you doing, boys? Coping, coping, you know, making it through day by day. <laughs> yeah, it is like that, isn't it? How about you, Bardi? You've been doing a lot of shopping. Uh, no, I go shop. I go shopping once a week. I um, bring Netflix. I watch Netflix while I'm in the queue, um, and it passes the time. There was a. I've, I've discovered as I've got older, I, I hate wackiness. And there was there was a guy. <laughs> you know when he, I, I'm loving this already. This anecdote is already my favourite anecdote I've heard this week. So please crack it, on. It, and there was just this guy who just decided like to get people g'd up, and he started doing like a, a Joe Wicks hit class in in the in the queue and he was two or three behind me and people were cheering him on clapping him and by the time he got in he was soaked with sweat (laughs) panting and he i was just thinking if if he just shook his head he could just be sending virus oh god oh god that's so grim I, I just hate that. He just, I just hate wackiness. And as someone who works for charity, I'm quite often surrounded by wackiness. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's put on a, an orange wig or let's put on a red nose or something like that. I just, I just hate it. It's the worst form of comedy. So, um, I was, I was very thankful for, um, for, for Netflix to get me through that. I could <laughs> ignore him as much as possible. Was, was he a plant? Was he put there by the, um, by the shop to kind of keep people interested or was he just a punter? I, I, he was definitely a punter. I don't think you would plant. I don't think you would choose to do um, a workout in the attire that he was wearing. He was wearing black black jeans and a stripy shirt, and he had like a yeah. He he was old as well. He wasn't young. It, it was it was just terrible, terrible to watch. And That's I, so surreal. I just wish coronavirus would end there, so we didn't have to queue outside and watch him. <laughs> 
that's lovely that's lovely uh, yeah that's cheered me up bless no him for you know trying to get some community spirit going in desperate yeah, times yeah he was trying to yeah. do a good thing at uh, least he at least he didn't start a sing song come on let's have a sing yeah, song that's, that's, always that was look on the bright. oh god I'm, I'm just cre- I know Wendy hates people singing happy birthday but I just yeah. I just hate random sing-alongs or oh let's let, come on let, even the, the clapping for the NHS is, is good and I like it but I still feel like a bit of a lemon doing it so I, I'm, I'm backing away from it now and allowing my wife to to take control of, of the clapping and everything <laughs> you've gone full victim elder haven't you Barty in the, uh, in the lockdown <laughs> no I'm full of I'm full of a lot of joy and I'm I'm dealing with this I'm dealing with the, the whole lockdown thing pretty well um, I'm enjoying my running more than ever so I'm, I'm dealing with everything pretty well but I just hate wackiness that's what yeah that's what I've learned good good hmm. uh, I, I had a bit of a a, a a dip last week and I was just saying to you guys I, I think it coincided with buying Football Manager 2020 I've not played Football Manager for gosh at least 10 years probably more and I, I thought okay well I've got a lot of time to go over Easter I'm off work for a week I'm gonna buy Football Manager 2020 I'm gonna teach myself how to play this new version of the game basically I ended up two or three days straight just playing the game non-stop and by the end of a day by the end of each day I was just thinking like what am I what am I doing with my life with my time I've got all this free time and I've got all these things I want to achieve and I've just spent that time getting through pre-season with Spurs <laughs> like that was a day pre-season was a day and then the next two days we're getting to the Christmas period and I, I'm achieving nothing uh, so I decided then that I had to ration the way that I use Football Manager so now I'm playing like a maximum of three hours a day get broken up <laughs> into like one hour stints and uh i like to achieve something now every day i've i've decided that i want to be able to tick something off every single day that we're in this lockdown period because it makes me feel better about uh not being able to go out and and do things outside so yeah i'm, I'm kind of i'm back in the game now i feel good but um football manager yeah it, it, it brought me down big time uh, we've got a few things to talk about today. We've got to talk about Spurs' response to the furloughing saga, which is ultimately a very positive one. Uh, we've got loads of questions, one of which is on youth players, so I'll go into some detail there. And one is about how we rate our players uh, so far this season, so far in inverted commas, I suppose. Um, so that that'll <laughs> that's going to create some talking points as well, I think. But we'll start off with the furlough backtrack, as I would call it. This was... Um, I'd say this is quite a shocking U-turn by Spurs. Nathan, were you surprised that this statement was um, put out and in the way it was? Um, yeah, I was surprised. I wasn't like completely, totally shocked. It wasn't beyond reason, especially like if you look at what a couple of other football clubs had done in their reaction. And I do think like the trust and the fans as well had, had done a good job of making their feelings pretty heard. And apparently also the players had a significant impact on this decision, um, mm-hmm. which, which maybe that was sort of, you know, that was that was the real uh, impact there. Um, but yeah, no, still still pretty surprising uh, given sort of the circumstances, given that a few other clubs are also furloughing, um, given what we know about the way Daniel Levy operates the club. Um, but, you know, a, a positive one. Um, um, what I said before, I, I stand by, which is that the furloughing for me is not the issue. All I care about is that everyone is paid what they were paid before, mm-hmm. um, and that's what's happening now. That 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 for me is is the is the, is the main news, and I'm very pleased that my that that is that these people are being um, paid the amount that they they need to survive on that enables them to stay home, uh, stay fed, stay clothed, etc. Um, whether or 
not we're using the job retention scheme for me is sort of by the by. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and I think you're right to point out that the trust serve a huge amount of credit for yeah. um, campaigning against um, the club's decision to furlough staff. Uh, I think they did a remarkable, remarkable um, piece of work with the statements in particular. As they often do. As they often do. It's completely thankless. Uh, they are terrific people who give up their own time for the benefit of Tottenham Hotspur supporters. And I genuinely think that no one should have the right to criticise the trust, quite frankly, because if you think you can do better, give it a go. See what you can do. Uh, they are just fantastic. And this turnaround is so unlevy like uh, That's the thing that shocked me. Yeah. He is the kind of man who normally doubles down in such situations situation and he's he's done the right thing and i think the statement was great and they actually went one step further than uh this sort of u-turn on the furloughing they've they've opened up the stadium for yeah uh, covid19 testing and swabbing for nhs staff and families oh there's more than that they amazing. are converting the section of the stadium to a, a women's outpatients hospital amazing uh, really amazing i mean that is that is what you want to see from your football club yeah. that is uh, true community spirit yeah um buddy leafy says in his statement that he, it was never their intention to do anything other than put measures in place to protect jobs whilst the club sought to continue to operate in a self-sufficient manner do you um cynically do you believe that do you think that do, do you think that uh levy is now saying these are sort of weasel words to get out of the situation he put the club in or or do you think he genuinely just had the best interests of everyone at heart from the start and just went about it slightly the wrong way i mean I, i'm pretty sure the club was still going to do the covid19 testing and open the stadium up i don't think any of i don't think they've done that as a reaction of how people took the the way they were going to use the furlough i think the club was probably going to always do that unfortunately now it does look like it's they've done it because they got told off and people got upset my my stance remains the same it's it's great that the club have done what they've done mm. um but i was never fully i was never going at them for their decision in the first place because daniel levy made a business decision and these are strange times so i i'm glad the club have turned around but it doesn't really affect my position. I think there's still bigger criminals out there who are who are misusing this yeah. and everything else. But now, now Spurs have done this. Perhaps the rest of the Spurs community can now start looking at the other guys who are who are claiming money, British Airways, Amazon, all this kind of stuff. That's a really good point. That's a really really good point. Uh, we've mobilised this group of people who were staunchly against what the club were doing, who were just replying to every tweet with "Pay your staff." Mm. Those people who are doing that do the same to other. Big companies who are uh, not paying staff or furloughing staff unnecessarily. Why not? Great point, Bardi. I love that. Um, we got so many questions uh, on Twitter, uh, and some of them are from last week, actually, which we didn't get round to. This one I really thought was good. Uh, Seamus Hart, he said, we often hear about players that are amazing in training but don't perform in actual games. Might we see players now who are behind closed oh, doors specialists? What a question. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was great. So, I mean, this is... this is um, The premise is that football will return in, in some form and will complete the season behind closed doors. I mean, there, there will be players out there who are affected by playing in front of a stadium full of uh, angry, aggressive, passionate fans who find that intimidating. Uh, what, what do you make of this concept, Bardi, that there are, there might be some players who are specialists in this new environment, new potential new environment? Jenna, I, I was watching Disney Plus. And this, this is just... <laughs> excellent, excellent <laughs> answer to this question already. <laughs> so this is where my analytics is going to take us. And I was watching The Mighty Ducks, which is, which is a, a, you know, a great trilogy, which is yeah. not, of, not often spoken about when it comes to trilogies. And uh, in, in episode one, there's this one guy who can smack the puck really 
really hard. But he only scores one in five. But that's okay because he scores one in five and it's not a problem. So when you're... And then you can relate this to football. So when I'm in training, Tottenham are practicing attacking drills. And I will get the opportunity to pr- do a drill four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. We're playing short, short, small teams doing stuff and you re- you keep repeating the same action and there are people who will be amazing because they get the opportunity to repeat that action but in a football match it, it's very unlikely you get the same set of scenarios happen more than once it's um so this is this is where this is what makes the great players the best is because mm. they can do it i don't think if um Musa Sissoko in training or Oliver Skip can repeat something continually in training. I don't think the fact that he then goes to a football match where there's no crowd and he's able to replicate that. I don't think that's possible because football is not designed that way. There's another 21 players on the pitch all affecting the variables. So I don't think we're going to see a, a player who's been rubbish in a football match situation but has been great in training all of a sudden break out and have an incredible run because because Bob in row one is and throwing his what's its own. That's great stuff. I'm, I I love the Mighty Ducks reference as well, Bardi. Uh, yeah, great, great movie franchise. Um, if you enjoyed what Bardi just said there about uh, solving problems, then I recommend you go back and listen to my chat with Harry Brooks, who talks very much on, on, on all those kind of issues uh, regarding coaching. Um, really interesting listen. Good episode. Um, yeah, he, Harry's great. He's so knowledgeable. He's, he's just a, a joy to listen to talk about coaching. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Bardi. However, I do think there's um, potential that we might see, and, and I'm thinking of someone like Ryan Sessegnon, someone uh, yeah. who so far has been a little shy and it's felt like he's been a bit overawed by atmospheres or fan expectation. And I wonder whether removing that fan expectation or the, you know, there'll still be fan expectation, but the immediacy of that, I wonder whether that might help him. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Sesson Young's a, a great example there. Uh, we do hear about these these stories about players who are amazing in training but can't get it together on the pitch a lot. Yeah. And it's really hard to verify that because obviously football is trained behind closed doors. However, uh, my second sport, mixed martial arts, is competed much more out in the open at public gyms and oh, okay. uh, all over the world in gyms that hosts the best mixed martial artists in the world there are blokes who are full-time accountants but are absolute wizards on the mat and are out grappling professional martial you know world ranked martial artists but they don't compete professionally because either they aren't happy getting the head trauma or they're sort of scared at competing at that kind of level or they just get stage fright maybe they had a short career and they dramatically underperformed because they can't handle the pressure now i do think that the crowd plays a very significant part in that but i don't think simply removing the crowds suddenly means that the tension is gone because you still have the the high level of competitive element but first i definitely definitely absolutely accept the idea there are football players all over the world who are much much better in training and suddenly drop off in a competitive environment because of the mental and emotional pressure i'm not i'm less convinced that that will be resolved by a lack of in stadium fans yeah Yeah, i i think so i I don't think sessignon is he's he's a a young man but he's been playing in front of crowds all his life and I think the problems he has now is a combination of injuries is his 
his faith almost in himself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think it's the crowd that forces him to turn back or not attack the man. I think it's a, a lack of faith in himself, and that's that's the problem. Um, removing all our fans, I don't think is is going is going to change that. That's but then, de- but but then definitely you do. There are such things as Nathan said, stage fright. People do crumble. There might be a, you might be a fabulous singer, but as soon as you as soon as you see a crowd, you you could go to shit. Mm. Yeah, so much of sport is is played in the head, as they say, um, and, and it's hard to get beyond that point. Uh, great question, Seamus. Love that. Uh, Lars Apel or Apel, I think it's Apel. Uh, he says, if the season is finished with many games over a short period of time in June, should we adapt the way we play to cope and how? For example, no press and a low block. So he's talking about uh, lots of games in quick succession. I suppose the plus size is that we will have players back from injury, players like Kane and Son and Sissoko, which give us more option for rotation if if we truly believe that Mourinho will rotate. Um, what do you think, Bardi? Uh, yeah, I think I well. I I don't know because it's the same now across the board. It's not like we're traveling across Europe coming back to play Brighton who haven't gone anywhere for seven days. Everybody will be in the same situation and we'll all be playing games. It it will perhaps revert to maybe tournament style football where we do see a drop off in pressing as people try and manage games a bit better. I think maybe we'll see yeah, I think maybe we'll see games being managed better, but I'm not sure it's gonna have a, a, a dramatic effect on the players. We the players have had five weeks of, of rest time. They should be going into this pretty fresh. And that's been seen as Mourinho's uh, forte over the years, hasn't it? And taking each game as a one-off, as a cup final, being able to, mm. to plan to just get through that one game with a victory. Um, uh, sort of more short-termist thinking. Um, what do you think, Nathan? Yeah, so something we talked about before is that making the comparison between Mourinho and Pochettino. Pochettino wants to push his players to the absolute maximum all the time and, and get the most out of them. And as a result, um, that requires uh, greater rotation. So we've we've sort of seen the trend where under Pochettino, um, the fullbacks almost never played sort of twice in a week. Yeah. Um, whereas it's lower intensity under Mourinho. He's not trying to maximise them. He's trying to keep them fresh all through the season so that he can um, keep playing that same eleven over and over and over again because they're not, uh, you know, absolutely sprinting their brains out for 90 minutes. Um, and so I think probably that Mourinho style would be better suited to a super compact schedule where there's still some rotation but less. Um, like if, if we're getting to a situation where we're looking at sort of three game weeks over and over again, um, then yeah, you, 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 you've got to like lower the intensity so that you can increase the volume. God, imagine three games in a week right now. I don't think I'd be able to contain myself after this gap of <laughs> no football. <laughs> my, my Twitter feed is going to be lit. Let's, let's put it that way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, so we've been talking about the return of football. Uh, on the other hand, there's the possibility of a non-return. So Jace Tucker says, uh, rate the players so far this season if it stops right now. So um, what we've done is we've gone through and we've all put a rating against each of our players. And uh, <laughs> there's some differences. So we're going to talk through those differences. Um, I, what I did was I listed them in order of uh, the number of minutes they've played. And I don't really know why I did that. I guess because it was partly of interest. Uh, so we'll go through them in order. Toby Alderweireld. I said that Toby was a six. Bardi agreed. Nathan gave him seven. I, yeah, I I I I maybe like I would have gone seven point five if you'd already have exampled a <laughs> um, like like I'm right. I'm slightly leaning towards an eight. I think Alderweireld has had a a good season. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Nathan makes it. I mean, he hasn't made a point, but just him, <laughs> just him saying that all of a sudden makes me think perhaps six is a bit harsh, and maybe maybe his. Maybe the way I perceived him has had more to do with who's been alongside yeah, him, perhaps. Yeah, I think our defending as a football club has been poor this season. But I think Alderweireld is definitely not as good as he was last season. Mm. Um, but like, I think that if we didn't have Alderweireld this season, my goodness. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you're so right there. No, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um and I think there are lots of mitigating factors, you know, having your centre-back partner changing regularly, uh, going from a back four to a back three regularly, uh, not having a solid defensive midfielder in front of him, not having a, any kind of continuity in front of him, having Gazaniga for large periods, who's totally different to Luis Segolka. They're, they're all mitigating factors, but I don't think I can say demonstrably that Alderweireld has been good. I think he's been okay uh i i he's one of my favorite ever spurs defenders i mean i i actually think he's people hate me saying this but <laughs> i'm gonna say it anyway i actually think he's our best defender of the modern era um and i include ledley king in that who's one of my favorite spurs players of all time uh i think aldevaro at his peak is just a stunningly good defender and i think the drop-off's been significant but as i said there are lots of mitigating factors i, I would love for him to refind his peak form just for one last season uh, next year before i think he inevitably decline um yeah i wasn't expecting that to be a talking point but that's interesting this one definitely will be a talking point uh serge aurier who's played the second highest number of minutes in the squad which is quite a surprise to me i rated him as five bardi gave him a six nathan gave him a four yeah go on bardi make the case for the six for aurier of course i can understand why you guys are giving fives and fours but i think in for a short period of time he became our main attacking outlet whether that's a good thing is is, is different it's not it's not it's not for discussion right now i'm saying he was given a role to perform and for the most part i think his the amount of assists and the amount of bad and good crosses he chucked in the box and the, the goals he's contributed i think deserves more than a, than a four it's not his fault he's been given this role he's a limited footballer but i think he's done all right with it i think it's certainly true that Mourinho absolutely got the best out of Aurier. Uh, for for a period, um, Nathan, why did you rate him four? Um, the fact that we've become reliant on him isn't 
necessarily or I don't think a reflection of his ability I think that like okay if you sort of go back maybe a season and you say look at Serge Aurier he's definitely got this talent I think if he was to get a run of games he'd show us his ability in the final third and he's had those run of games and he's sort of been all right in the final third and still given away horrific fouls in his own box as well Hmm. was it you who posted that video on Twitter the other day of um, some of the goals we've conceded yeah I was about to bring that up for Adeverald so there's (laughs) this video where someone's put together like all our worst defensive mistakes of the season and put a horrific song over the top Um, and it's like in this clip continually the ball is like sent over the top of our defence with no pressure on the pass Uh, Mm. dribblers are left free to run out of centre backs Um, the midfield is just continually completely out of sight as the defence are outnumbered like 6-4 to and then all of the replies are oh we need a new defence oh our centre backs (laughs) are crap oh Alderweireld's fallen (laughs) off completely and it's like look at what is happening look at the state of the midfield look at the state of our pressing and yes also Serge is just flying in recklessly 20 times a season this this is it it was insane to me like i was watching that and i'd forgotten how many glaring errors he'd made and it, it was not just the kind of the bad decisions in his own box it's where he's like misjudged headers or gone flying into a tackle on halfway and yep. that his man get, i mean he's just a really bad defender um, but i do take bardi's point that he was put into a position to deliver crosses and he actually did for a period deliver some really really good crosses and, and got a good number of assists yep i gave so, him um, four points for those crosses and then he had no other <laughs> elements to make up the rest. So move on to Davinson. Uh, we've given him sevens, Bardi and I. Nathan five. Yeah. Um, I don't think he, I just. Uh, I like. I, 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 I think after our Alderweireld discussion, I think I should revise that down to six to to match Alderweireld because he's definitely not been better than than Toby. I mean, yeah, definitely not. Okay. Um, I like Davinson Sanchez. Um, I think he gets a lot of critique that's unfair, but I just think he's had a very poor season, um, mm. which I don't want to write him off with. I just think that like it's it's not been a season for him to remember. I disagree. I th- I think. Oh, I'm, in fact, Bardi, I'll let you make the case. Yeah, I think it, I'm going to agree with whatever was just about to come out of your mouth. I think he has. I think he's. I think you were going to say he's stepped up at moments. He seems to have composed himself a bit. And yeah, perhaps I should have done this more in line with Toby. But I think in the last few weeks, apart from the odd game here and there where he comes up against a massive center, uh, massive striker, I think he's looked pretty good. And I think he was starting to recover, uh, rediscover some of that form that mm. he saw when he first joined us. I agree. I think he had a couple of games um, where he did look really rocky and he made mistakes. And he's still he is still quite error prone, um, which is concerning because he's 23 now. So he's not like this young um, prospect. He's actually at an age where he you'd hope as a centre-back is developing consistency and I, d- I don't think he has become consistent yet but there's there's a lot to like in his game um mm. and I, I i agree with Bardi that he's had some some good moments and at times he did hold a defense together um once Mourinho came in uh Delhi we've all given six we've spoken a lot about Delhi in this podcast so we'll got we'll gloss over that one Lucas we've given fours and fives I don't think we need to say more about Lucas because again we've covered him off a lot Winks sixes and fives Son we've all given seven uh, which some people might be surprised at. I I, I know Son definitely had a, a form dip, but he's contributed with goals and assists throughout the season in a team which wasn't creating a great deal. So I think that seems fair. Gazaniga. Okay, so Nathan and I have given charitable fives to Gazaniga. Bardi's given him a three. He's awful. <laughs> I gave him three because... Um, 1.5 because he, he looks nice. And then <laughs> 1.5 because he's... He's not a total twit with his feet. So, but 
I mean, I, I just as I was waiting for it to come, I was thinking Gazaniga was the United away where he completely handed the initiative. United are a pure counter-attacking team under Solskjaer. Hands initiative to United with getting beat by a speculative shot at his near post. Um, Chelsea at home where he just does the most ridiculous <laughs> challenge on Marcos Alonso. I don't under- First of all, why you go with your feet? Second of all, <laughs> what, what are you doing there? Um, he's terrible from corners. He allows, he's very reactive. He'll stay on his line and try to pull off a save instead of trying to come for a corner and relieving the pressure. He's awful from distance. He gets beat down low all the time. And I understand he's a substitute goalkeeper for a reason, but I, I strongly and really, really believe we need to find a young goalkeeper who has all the kind of traits that we need going forward and give him the minutes that Gazaniga would see in the cups and stuff. And yeah, I have a, I have a real, I have a real passion at the moment to talk about Tottenham goalkeepers. I'd like to do this more because I'm, I'm really annoyed with them currently. <laughs> Nathan, any pushback from you on that one? Uh, I didn't think he'd been that bad. <laughs> I like his feet. I like his face. Um, yeah, man. You know, like I'm not. He's obviously not been good, but he's had to like fill in half a season with Lloris out injured, and he gave us something else with his kicking. And I didn't yeah. think his his shot stopping was like abominable. So, like, I, I would agree that the uh, the Alonso challenge was one of the worst bits. Of the <laughs> when I first saw that, I, I didn't quite realise how bad it was but on repeated viewings it is horrendous oh, he murdered it's that dude. horrendous <laughs> yeah I mean it's it shows the state of Tottenham's goalkeepers when actually that wasn't even the worst bit of goalkeeping we saw this season it's probably third there was um, Michel Vorm against Norwich oh, which was God. the worst but they actually the, the very very worst <laughs> and it was so bad he deserved to get injured from it which was Maurice against Brighton <laughs> That was karma. Karma, immediate karma. Because karma for the, the mistake and for the drink driving. <laughs> oh awful, awful goalkeeping. <laughs> That's how bad our goalkeepers are. When when Vorm, uh, Gazaniga nearly killing somebody is only third. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved to dislocate his elbow. <laughs> That's um. That's not really a number-based rating, is it? No, no, not at all, sorry. <laughs> Love it. Okay, <laughs> Harry Kane, uh, we've given sevens and sixes. Uh, I don't think it needs a great deal of discussion. Vertonghen, and I feel sad about Vertonghen this season. Um, so we've given three, four and five. I'm in the middle of you two. Bardi, why have you given Vertonghen a three? More because it's it's kind of sad watching yeah, Vertonghen play fair. now. And I think he need we need to stop. He should just retire now. Because, or just move to a, another club, another league. Because it's just, it's just heartbreaking watching a really good defender fall apart like this. Nathan, you were a little bit more charitable. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel similarly to, to Bardi. I guess maybe for that same reason, I've sort of given him a, a nostalgia boost. But I, I do also, so, like, refer to the, the mitigating circumstances that we talked about with, with Sanchez mm-hmm. and Adverald. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Sissoko, we've given five and fives and a six. Dyer, four and two fives. Ericsson, <laughs> uh, I gave four. Nathan gave six. Buddy gave one. <laughs> It, mostly because it's perhaps not Ericsson, but it's the, everything else that has surrounded Ericsson this season. And I think the whole Ericsson saga was affected the team. I think it stopped us from being able to like transition a little bit from, from losing the Champions League final into the start of the season. I don't think it helped Pochettino well. It, 
it cost us it cost us a great deal of money and it just it just stopped us from being able to move on and it stopped Pochettino from getting 30 35 million pounds which might have gone towards I don't know like a, a Bruno Fernandes or someone like that and I think I think it I think it cost us probably six months of progress by just persisting with Ericsson and learning nothing and achieving nothing do you know what though I I I, I appreciate exactly what you just said like I agree with what you're saying but I firmly place the blame on Pochettino and Levy for how the Ericsson situation panned out I I, mm. I really think Pochettino um he sat on that one far too long uh, he was never going to convince Ericsson to to sign the thing and I thought Ericsson although he didn't play particularly well I I thought he handled himself with a degree of class um he didn't moan about being on the subs bench uh he he came on and he tried he there were a couple of games where he came on and influenced the game even um and we've seen players you know essentially go on strike to force a move through he there was no signs of that with Ericsson he was respectful he he needed a new challenge hmm. he didn't make a secret of it um but I, I really love Ericsson I I when if if he were to come back and play for Inter or whoever um White Hart Lane I would love to see him get a a great ovation because he's he was a magnificent servant for Spurs for for many many years. Um, Nathan Erickson six for you six yeah uh, he played like crap when he started games uh, but he won games when he came off the bench repeatedly mm. in in a series like yeah I I completely accept Bardi's feelings over the way things ended I think it's really awful the way things ended between Ericsson and Tottenham um, but with that out of mind he yeah again he, he won us like I don't know 15 points this season and this season that's a hell of a lot of points for us yeah that's, that's a fair yeah point. I think Ericsson will, will become like in two years time when we think about Ericsson we will look at Ericsson like how we look at Berbatov now we will realise that they were fantastic players yeah. and they did great things for Tottenham it's just sad the way it ended but in you know in a few years time we'll, we'll remember him fondly again and as you said if he if he comes back as if he comes back to play at Spurs next season or the season after um I'll give him a clap he deserved that he's 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 been a great player for us and a, a good servant and he did leave he, he you're right he didn't kick he didn't kick up a fuss and stayed and he was professional at least great song too really mm. good song uh Hugo Lloris so I've they're fives and sixes across the board which is I think about right the Celso. So I've given the Celso an eight. I actually think if uh, the season were to end now, the Celso is my player of the season for Spurs. Bardi's given a seven. Nathan's also given an eight. Um, Bardi, is he your player of the season? Yeah, I think so. Him and Son. I, I, I went seven just because I don't think anybody deserves an eight. But, um, <laughs> because yeah. I don't think anybody's been... Yeah, so he gets seven. He, he, you know, he's only played a small amount of games. It's great. I'm very, I'm very hopeful for what he can bring to us in the future. I think I gave the eight because it's his first season in a new country. He's adapted pretty quickly. He was injured at the start. Uh, and he is, for me, our most influential player at this point. Um, the argument, Nathan, is that he doesn't score enough or assist enough. But <laughs> I, I see it that it's a bit like Modric in a way that he's doing a lot of stuff that won't get recognised in those statistics. What do you think? Um, I, I I reject the talking points of discussing the Celso's <laughs> goals and assists. Fair, fair. Okay. Uh, Lamella, six and fives. It started really promisingly for Lamella this season. He had a great start to the campaign and then injury struck once again. Tongi. Ah, oh, Tongi and Don Belli. 
1,300 minutes, or a shade under 1,400 minutes, which is not what we expected uh, this season. I thought he'd be a mainstay in the team. I've given a six, but it's pretty charitable, I must say. Uh, Bardi, you've also given a six. Nathan, a four. Nathan, you must be pretty disappointed with how it's panned I'm, out so I'm, far. I'm so disappointed because um, my excitement for this player was enormous. Mm. Um, and, and, and I you know I stand by that excitement because we can see the talent on this player. Should we talk about dentistry? So the recent news... Um, is that so? The four that I've given Ndombele isn't just for Ndombele. He obviously, I'm sure, shoulders some blame, but I'm giving the product of Ndombele by Tottenham Hotspur a four out of ten for this season. Yeah. Um, so there's been recent news that uh one of the significant factors this season is that he has had dental issues, which the club have failed to pick up on and enact on. And of course, like uh, that makes for a fantastic headline because. Because it's, you know, and Dombele blames his teeth for playing badly. But there is a a long um, history, well-studied history of athletes suffering from groin and spine injuries based on uh, dental issues. It completely affects you all the way down the centre of your body. Uh, I think Gerard and says Fabregas, um, I'm forgetting others, but have all like, you know, missed entire seasons with dental issues. It's, it's, sorry, Nathan has um, brought up the old story about AC Milan before they would sign a player would check out their teeth. And um, Sissoko, the the French left back, they tried to sign about maybe about ten years ago now. They they didn't because they they opened up his mouth like a horse. They looked in, <laughs> they checked his teeth, and because you're right, teeth are your de- your dental hygiene can tell you a lot about how your body's work and everything else like that. And he ended up at Aston Villa, and um, that, there you go. Do check, brush your teeth, kids. <laughs> I feel like I've um, woken up in an alternative reality here. I I've not seen this story. How have I missed this? I completely. <laughs> missed the story about his uh, dental work and I had no idea um, about the impact of, of dentistry on other aspects of the body. Do you know any background of that Nathan? Is there? Do you, do you understand the science behind it? Uh, it will be a, a nerve related thing. Right, okay. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I've got. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I need to read up on this. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, whenever you're in some kind of pain, that's going to throw you off anyway. I and, think. and tooth pain is horrendous. It's the worst. It really, dude. like, I've had I've had issues with wisdom teeth before, and it is like when you've got um, toothache, it's hard to think of anything else. It's just like it's there. It's, it's in your head, and it's just like a throbbing pain. It's awful. Um, so I can totally appreciate that that would be a distraction for him. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh danny rose um and i guess this is a similar conversation to some of those we've had already but uh so i gave three bardy gave one again uh, nathan gave three my three was very charitable i thought rose was really poor when he when he played this year bardy you obviously thought the same yeah, exactly the same. Um, his 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 off field comments didn't help, and I just couldn't be bothered giving out threes and fours. So I just thought, if you're bad, you're getting a one. <laughs> so there you go, Danny. And I know it's it's hard for me because I love Danny Rose, and I think I started um, I think I started this season with a uh, with a little monologue about how Danny Rose is, is the <laughs> perfect example of Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I think if you sc- think if you go back through the episodes, you'll, you'll find me. Well, he still is. To be fair. He is. Yeah, he is. but he did give a did buy a load of pizzas for um, NHS. 
workers. I was just about to say that. Uh, that was so lovely. Yeah. There, there, there have been a few charitable gestures by Rose, and I commented on them, and someone came back with, it's just like a week's wages. I'm like, okay, well, have you given a week's wages to, to help yeah. people in the NHS? I thought that was a fantastic gesture. Regardless of whether it's a PR move or, or whatever, it was a lovely thing to do, and I thought Rose was, was great in, in doing that. Um, yeah, disappointing performances. I don't think... I mean, he's yeah, he's just not the player he was, frankly. Nope. Uh, ben Davis, fives and sixes. De- ben Davis became better while he was injured. <laughs> uh, Jaffet Tanganga, who's played nearly a thousand minutes, and we'll talk about him in a bit more detail shortly. Uh, sevens from Bardinai, six from Nathan. I-, I think, yeah, it's difficult to argue with either of those scores. Very pleased to see Tanganga get some game time. Sessignon, now we've got a bit of divergence here. So I said six, Bardi said four, uh, Nathan said five. Again, I was... Um, Basing the six on expectations, so hmm. uh, I think it would have been silly to expect so much, too much from Sessignon too soon because he was coming back from a long injury. He's in a new team, he's a young man, uh, and he doesn't quite know his best position yet. But he got a Champions League goal, he got an assist on his debut. I think there have been some signs from him, although there have been some disappointing performances too. Um, I guess we can all agree that we expect next season to be a big one for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And. <laughs> Bergwijn uh, started with a bang uh, and I think the fact that he then had to play every game yeah. until he got injured was um, was bad and didn't help him a- adjust. But he looks as a supremely talented player. And I again, I think there's a lot to come from him next year. So very excited about that signing. Uh, the last one that I rated was Walker Peters, who only had 422 minutes. Uh, very mixed showings from Walker Peters. But I think that's kind of what you expect when a manager clearly doesn't have faith in you. Um, Bardi, you gave him a one. Yeah, yeah, just a one. Just it's, I'm glad he's he's moved on and the conversation has changed. It's very sad what's happened to him. He could have been great. He wasn't. And that's that. <laughs> You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindner for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindner. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.